So I just want to introduce ourselves. We'll go ahead and get started. I am Angel Ferebski, the um, Girls Ministry Director for the State of Ohio with the Assemblies of God, and I'm also co-pastor with my husband Lance at Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth. Um, so we love ministry um, in general. That's that's where our heart bleeds is just cut us open, and it's just a bunch of ministry. Um, and by ministry, we love purpose and ministry. So this this whole session here is just an outpouring of our heart, what we try to live out in our everyday church. Um, just by a show of hands, I just want to figure out the room. So how many people from kids' ministry are in the room? Great. All right. How many people specifically are with, let's say, um, rangers or girls' ministry? Okay. About half of you in that. And then any other leaders just in the room because you think it's a fun class to be at? Raise your hands. Right? <laughs> so awesome. So today we're going to be talking about um, purpose versus program. And I'm going to let my husband kick it off, and then we're going to just go back and forth. At any time, if you have questions, feel uh, please feel free to just stop us where we're at, ask for clarity. This is not like some sermon. We expect you to just sit there and be quiet. We'd love to have your input. Um, if this is something that you're like, hey, how does this work in your local church, or can you unpack that a little bit more, feel free to do that. We welcome conversation here. So let's get going. And we, we like to have crowd participation, all right? So we'll ask questions in the middle of this, and we'd love to hear from you as well, because doesn't the Scripture does say that iron sharpens iron, right? And so that means we can sharpen each other. Uh, we don't stand up here with, hey, this is, this is the right answer. There's probably many right answers, and so maybe we can even sharpen each other today. And, and so the, the, the class is Purpose First Program, Managing the Tension in the Curriculum. All right, so I want you to think about purpose and program. All right, so if you're in, in, if you're in children's ministry, you have a program of children's ministry, right? If you are in girls' ministry, right, you're in a program that is girls' ministry, and, and you kind of get where that's going. Um, do you, my first question I have for you is, do you think there's any truth in the title of the class. What I mean by that, is there a difference between program and purpose? Is there a difference between the two? If there is, what what are, what are your thoughts? I'd love to hear from you. And you just, yep, there you go. Well, our purpose is to get the Word of God into these kids and help develop um, a basis for them to build on. Um, and the means that we do that is through our program. Perfect. Perfect. If we just stick to the program, then we might miss the purpose of what God has for Ooh. kids. Yeah, that's real good. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. If we just stick to the program, we, we may miss the purpose of why we're even there. I want to elaborate on that just a little bit because I just a uh, few months ago did a training at my local church with our leaders, and they were struggling with getting through a lesson. And But we got to get through the lesson. we got to get through the lesson, right? And I'm like, but that kid, and it was rainbows. It was a rainbows class, and it was a situation. They were talking about families, and it was a time in that kid's life where their family was being pulled apart. And so the question was asked, and I was like, so have that conversation. Curriculum, what is being taught here doesn't matter. You're getting ministry right there, a deeper, deeper level of ministry. Throw the curriculum out the window and love that child and explain to that child that God is still in this situation. And bad things sometimes happen to families, but God is in it. So I love that you said that. Yeah, which is, which is, which is awesome. Any other comments? Is there a difference between purpose and program? I mean, is there a difference between doing Royal Rangers in the States or in like a Caribbean, like in the Caribbean? 
Is there a difference in between those two? Hey, Jeremiah, so good to see you. Oh, I just, I just saw you walk in. That's awesome. Are you still looking for missionary support? I'm just saying, he's a good yeah. one if he is. All right, that's good. We're 91%, so it is a small There you go. Come on. Just um, shameless plug. Mark, Mark Twain says this, and, and if you hear that, I just want you to hear it. Mark Twain says this, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. All right, so the day you're born and the day that you find out why. You see, the definition of purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. All right, so we're talking about purpose. We're looking at why are we doing this, right? What, what's, what's the purpose? What, what was this created for? And then why does something exist? Why, fill in the blank. Why does this exist? And so we have to look at the purpose. Uh, Simon Sinek uh, wrote a book, uh, and he has a great TED Talk about uh, starting with the why. Right? Why? Why? Why are we here? Why? Why does the local church exist? Why do the ministries that you're running in your church, why do they exist? See, each of us in this room, we have a, we are created for a unique purpose, right? The creator of all that you see, so intelligent, right? So wise that he created you specifically to be you. You have a DNA strand in you, right? That stretches to the moon and back like six times. So you just think about how crazy that is, but it's yours. Right, Because he created you to be you, and he also has a unique purpose for each of the ministries that we lead. That's why we ask, are you kids, are you girls, rangers, youth? What, what does that look like? Because there's a unique purpose for every ministry that you lead. For instance, I want to give you a portion of scripture. In Exodus chapter 13, uh, verses 17 uh, through 18, it says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they, if they face war, they might, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. God deliberately took the long way around, right? This is a group of people that had been oppressed for about 430 years. And my assumption would be if you were oppressed for 430 years, you wouldn't want to take the long road. Right? You'd be like, no, I, what's A to B and what's the shortest distance because that's the way that I want to go. But here's, here's the thing that I, I want you to hear. God had their purpose in mind, not just their preference. All right, so God had their purpose in mind, not just their preference. You see, the extra miles weren't God's punishment. It was his provision. All right, those, those extra miles, having to go the long way around, those weren't his, 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 that was not his punishment. That was his provision. You see, they were multi-generational slaves, not warriors. If they had gone the way that they wanted to go, they would have ended up in war, and they had no clue how to fight. Right? They didn't know how to fight. And they, as the scripture says, they would be like a bunch of chickens. Nope, if this is what it's going to be like, then I'm going to turn around. Because surely as you follow along in scripture, as you know these children of Israel, what they do? As soon as anything bad were to happen, you know what? It would have been better for us to stay slaves in Egypt than to come out here, right? And then the whining begins. And so he, he knew that beforehand. You see, God's ways, sometimes we're like, oh man, God's ways aren't the best ways. You're like, wait, aren't you a pastor? Wait. It depends on what your definition of the best way is. If your definition of the best way is the shortest, the most comfortable, and the most convenient, then many times God doesn't take that way. Right? If your definition is it's got to be short, easy, and comfortable, and it has to fit my schedule, then that's usually not the way that God works. How many of you would say that you've had a divine detour in your life? You're like, no, the, the road was here, and God, you know, in all his creativity, took us took us that way. And we were like, man, why, Lord, why? Because his purpose is more important than your preference, right? And so we have to remember what's, what's the purpose. Uh, I'll put it in context of a story like this. 
about eight years ago, I, I knew it was time for me to move into becoming a, a lead pastor. And so I began looking for churches, and man, I, I began the interview process, and um, all of this was taking place. And then I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time for me to leave Ohio. I'd only known ministry in Ohio, and so uh, we were ready to head south, and I started contacting other networks, like North Carolina, all, only where the sun shines. That's where I was trying to go. And uh, getting ready to do that, and then this, this church calls me uh, in the city of Wadsworth, and I was like, and I, and I began hearing the history of the church and where it was at, and I was like, nope, I don't want to go. I'm just telling you, I don't want to go. And I even, uh, the people will tell you, because they still talk about it to this day, I showed up to an interview with the whole church, by the way. All the members drilling me just like this. I was holding the microphone like this. I showed up with holy jeans and a holy shirt. And I don't wear holy jeans. <laughs> right? It was just, I was like, no, this is who I'm going to be. And like I was try, almost trying not the to get the job. The complete opposite of who right. we are as people. Like that would never and, happen. And normally. so one of the old ladies were like, will you wear that when you preach? <laughs> and a uh, whole long story there. But I was like, actually, no, I won't. But. But what I was what I was doing was this this isn't this isn't where I want to be, right? But God's going no 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 no. This is where I want you to be. It's not about where you want to be. Where where do I want you to be? And so sure enough, here I, I take the lead the lead pastor role, and lo and behold, uh, just a few year about a year or so after I took the job, my my oldest daughter. So we'll pick on her since she's in the back back there. We started noticing some issues in her hands, turning purple and and, and weird, and a whole long story. Uh, she's been diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases, um, and she needs a lot of care. She actually sees 18 specialists, not just doctors, specialists, right? All through university healthcare, Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. Years later, I'm looking back going, wow, if I would have left, if I would have had it my way, I would have left, right? And I could have been in a city that didn't have the healthcare that she needed, yet God and all his purpose and all his wisdom said, no, 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 I'm going to keep you here. Not only am I going to keep you here, later on I'm going to show you one of the reasons why I needed you here and how important this was. Because why? Because it wasn't punishment, it was provision. And we have to look at purpose as that driving force. Are we, are we willing to say, God, I know what you have for me and this is your, your purpose? Because God is a God of purpose, right? God is a God of purpose. So what keeps us then from following the purposes of what we do? What keeps you and I from following the purposes of what we do? What are, okay, preference, sure. What else? History? Fear? Yeah. Stupidity. <laughs> That's our pastor's wife right there. Yeah. yeah. No, none answer. of you in this room. We're talking about other class, like that room over there. That's their issue, not here. What's that? Status quo. Yeah. Tradition. Well, well, this is all, right. That's how we do. Yeah. Inadequacy. Inadequacy. Laziness. Laziness. That may take work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna do it that way. What else? Any others? Those are those are good. Yeah. No, that's. Probably one of the biggest ones, right? If we're all being honest, that like there's not enough time in the day. Yeah, that's good. It's good. I know uh, a big one is clarity. You know, we miss having clarity with what our purpose is. 
And as I look around this room, we come from different churches with different cultures, with different ministries that are represented, but understanding why that ministry is existent. So we can blanket it under the whole church ministry, which we should, right? But I want to talk specifically about um, if you're looking at our Wednesday night youth program, primarily that is not a discipleship-driven program. That is an evangelistic program. So that's its purpose. Its its purpose is to be evangelistic. Yes, you're going to have the word and you're going to have worship, but there's going to be an element that it's just about, come listen, we're going to have fun, we're going to build relationships here, right? Where when you look at a traditional girls' ministry program, it is discipleship-based. We're going to spend some time knowing the word and understanding the word. So it's important to know why we do what we do in that purpose. Otherwise, we get lost in translation. And we start trying to do everything else, and it's not our role to do, which, again, is going to take away from us complimenting each other in the church instead of helping each other come together. So we, we don't sometimes uh, fulfill the purpose because we we're not sure of the clarity. Um, we also, in some ways, at preference. We, we have our personal preferences over the purpose, right? And so you take an area of ministry that... I don't know if it's a huge hot topic anymore. Maybe in some churches it may be. But you take this concept of worship, right? And so, well, we have to do, uh, we got to do this many songs, and we should have this many. we got to do hymns, and we have to do this, and we have to do old choruses and new choruses. Because in the book of Moses, it, it, it lays out um, the order of service for us, right? Because you have to start off with three fast, and then you break, and then you have to do welcome. You have to do announcements. It's scriptural, right? And then once announcements are over, you go back into worship, but then you always go back into three slow, Right, because then after the slow songs, you're setting God up to to hear your prayer, because that's when He'll answer it, not fast songs, right? And then you come in on the slow songs, and that's when you pray. Then after that, then you're going to deliver a message, and the altar always follows the message, right? Now with those three songs, fast and slow, they, they need to have a certain style. Well, why? Actually, no one. I know we're all joking, right? It doesn't say in Scripture. Right, some of the best services I think that I've ever been able to be a part of and minister in is when when we just said, "How about we just let God be do what He wants to do?" Right? I started a service once with the altar call. It was the first thing we did. Count timer hit zero, and I was like, "Hey, we're going to do the service backwards." And people were like, "Hi, you're allowed to do that? <laughs> they let me be in charge, so I guess so, right?" And so we can do that. But what happens is we we allow our preference, and so we oh, I don't like that song. I don't like, you know, I'm, I'm more of a B3 Hammond organ person, and you, you have a grand piano, or, or I don't get this whole keyboard. We allow our preferences over the purpose, because the, the purpose of why we gather on a Sunday morning is to bring glory, right? To bring glory to the king, not glory to ourselves, right? And so if that's our purpose, then, hey, I, I'm going to let go of my, my preference. You want to do an organ? Let's do an organ. But... If it's done with the right intention, with the right purpose to bring glory to the Lord. So we've got to make sure our preference doesn't overrule or dictate our purpose. They need to be reversed. I think another thing that prohibits us from really living with the purpose in our ministries is we're waiting for somebody else to lead the way. Um, there are so many times when maybe there is somebody else in charge or, or maybe you're sitting here and you're the helper in the room. You're not the, you're not the point person. And so you're waiting for direction. Um, I would, I would hate to stand before Jesus one day, and I'm just going to be like super exaggerating right now, and just say, you know what, I didn't reach out to that little girl because I didn't know if it was in my job description. You know, I didn't really mentor her, spend time with her, because I wasn't sure if I was allowed to. 
I think there's something in us that needs to push through that doesn't say, here's your job description and this is what's expected of you or this is how we're doing it and, you know, A, B, and C. Sometimes with ministry, we just need to take that step out and just say, okay, I might not be in charge, but I see a need right here and gracefully and humbly, I'm going to meet it. And that doesn't mean you're like, well, you ain't doing it, so I will. Let's not confuse what we're talking about here. But just that moment of, hey, I hope it's okay, but I, I was talking with Susie and she was just having a really tough time. So I'm, I'm going to uh, call her this week and just check on her throughout the week. I wanted to let you know. She's the person in charge. Like, yes, lead up, do it. You know, don't sit on your hands waiting. Be that person who's looking for needs and seeing what needs to be done and fulfilling it. Um, don't wait for the purpose to be laid out for you. See it and get involved. So we won't follow the purpose because we're waiting for someone else or we don't follow it. I know someone said it because that's the way we've always done it. I know the purpose says this. I know the, the mission of our church is this, but this is how we've always done it. Tradition says this is how it has to be. Um, can you think of any companies um, that were large, booming, successful companies like worldwide that no longer exist today? Montgomery Warren's. Okay. Wool, Woolworths. Anybody ever heard of Woolworths? Woolworth? May Company. Nope. May Company. It does exist, but not in New Philadelphia. Right? Oh. <laughs> you can come up Sears is on the way out. Okay. I um, anybody ever heard of uh, Kodak or Polaroid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, some of you who, who, who maybe a little wiser in years, you heard of this airline called Pan Am. It used to be the only airline. One of It was the largest like you, it was the one that brought, if you were a stewardess, that's where it started. They were the ones that said, hey, we need to create a culture of hospitality on our planes. And they started jumbo jets, 740. They were the ones. Nope, let's get people overseas. Let's, that was them from night. They were started in 1927. That's, that's, but some of you are like, I've never heard of Pan Am. They closed their doors in 1991, right? Companies like Polaroid and Kodak. You start having digital photography. And what happened was, is this is the way that it's done, and this is the way that we've always done it. And other people started creating a different culture and doing things a new way, and they never adapted. They never changed, and they found themselves closing the door. So don't allow tradition, again, to trump your purpose. Lead with purpose. If we lose our purpose, too, and we start competing with one another, when what I'm doing is more important than what you're doing. Right. So, again, going back to that, like taking youth ministry versus a rangers program, totally different DNA in most churches. But if we're trying to do what they're doing to keep up instead of complementing each other, we're losing it. We're losing our purpose. And we're actually not effectively equipping the church because I'm no longer evangelizing because now I've got to fulfill this role. Well, now I'm not really spending time discipling and getting the word of God in these children because I feel like I've got to do this because the youth do that and it's fun and flashy or the kids do that and it's fun and flashy. So it's important to do you. You do you. Focus on what you do. Do that well and allow the body to function as the body is supposed to. There's a head and there's feet. You know, we know the scripture in Corinthians, right? Um, but it's important as leaders that we remember to do that because if not, we become a little bit territorial and it just does nothing but hurt the church. Then we have, if we're not following our purposes, maybe it's just a lack of education. Right, And I would just encourage you to do this. If you're not sure what the purpose is, if you're not sure what the mission is, um, you know, you heard it even earlier in the, the, the first morning general session. You know, the fivefold purpose, the fivefold mission of the church is, and then you, you fill in that blank. If you're not sure what the purpose of the ministry you're serving in or, or the church in which you're attending, never assume. Always ask. You have to be willing to fight for what, what, 
what Pastor Angel said first, clarity. Let me just, let me, let me ask. I want to make sure before we begin to fill in the blank, why are we doing what we're doing? Because that's the most important question you ask. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because then, like we said, curriculum, you may, you may stop and go, no, the purpose is bringing health, bringing the gospel to the kids that I'm working with. And so I may stop and do it because that's, that's the most important because that's the mission. Okay, that's the mission, and that's where we want to be. And so don't allow lack of education. Fight for that. Ask questions. Yeah. And also don't lose your purpose to fear. And sometimes that looks like a fear of failure. Um, maybe what will somebody else think? What will the other department leaders, what will the kids think? Um, even just that fear of not knowing how to do something. Um, that. How do I word this properly? I just want to say, that's just silly. Do it. Step out in fear. You know, what I, we tell our kids all the time, if you're going to fail, fail forward. Fail trying to go somewhere, trying to do something. We will never be frustrated with you if you have did something and it just doesn't work out, right? So we teach these lessons to our children. But I think as adults, we forget to hang on to the truth of that. And we become so insecure of what will the other adults who are wiser and more educated and we compare ourselves and we have this, you know, comparison game and it's doing nothing but getting in the way of what God wants to do through you. Each and every one of you as leaders has a unique calling, unique gifting, things that are special just to you. You could be doing the same exact kids program with the same exact curriculum than the church next door, but yours is going to look different. And if it doesn't, something's not going well. Because you should be doing you. You should be leading it with your unique strengths, your unique abilities, um, and not allowing fear of, but it looks different, or I might fail, or it, it might not come out the way I wanted it to to begin with. Praise the Lord. That's God doing his work through you. So it's important, again, not to let fear hold you back from that. So what would you say are some of the purposes being involved in student ministry specifically? So we're talking about purposes for you guys and your churches. What are some of the purposes that you have? Um, in your in your ministries, your local church. Yeah. Serve the future church. The future church. Yeah, recognizing that they are they are our leaders. Yeah. Mentoring, I heard in the back. Good. What else? What are some of the purposes that you have as you're preparing, as you're getting your weekly lessons ready? Yeah. I think uh, like realizing every person is a value. Mm-hmm. Even a little child that's very young, mm-hmm. very needy, and when you converse with them sometimes or get a lesson to them or sharing with them, they are giving you back answers that amazes you. Mm-hmm. Responses from their heart, their smile, and you just think this is a whole life of value here. It's just like amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Anybody else? I, our Wednesday night programs are evangelistic and discipleship. Mm-hmm. We we bring in fans that are not Sunday morning kids mm-hmm. and our purpose is to, to bring them to a place where they have an encounter with Jesus Christ and then we disciple them mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter which program you're using to do that if you're accomplishing your goal yeah yeah, that's good anyone else? relationships yeah building relationships that's good yeah those those and the reason why we, we asked that is what are the purposes you can go to. Um, so you can go to the National AG site and for the girls' ministry. You can see purposes. You can go to the National Royal Ranger site. You can see purposes, right? In um, your children's ministry, you're going to see you're going to see purposes, right? 
why we're supposed to be doing what we're doing. And, and one of those purposes would be discipleship. Right? It, it, wouldn't that be a heart? The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, says, Go into what? All the world into what? Make disciples. That's the key word, to make disciples. You'll, you'll probably be, I'm assuming, in the last session, you may be hearing a, a little bit of that phrase, disciples reproducing disciples, which are reproducing disciples. Right? And so we're, we're, we're compelled. We're told. We, that's not something like, Lord, I'm going to pray about that. Like, we don't have to be. We don't have to pray about it. He just told us to go and get out there, right? And so we're to be making disciples. And so it's it's important that that what we're doing, our purpose is, shouldn't it be making other disciples? Or are we fulfilling that? Yeah. So um, you mentioned it in the back, mentoring and relationship building. It is critical as we. It, okay, somebody come come up to me on the street and saying, you know, you really need to work on your attitude. Instantly, what's my attitude going to be like, right? Well, evidently, you need to work on yours, honey. Like, you're going to have a little bit of a beef with somebody. But if I'm spending time with Becca, and I'm in a classroom with her, I'm rubbing shoulders with her on a regular basis, and she sees something in me that needs adjusted, and she says, I really just noticed some things about you. And I love you, and I'm telling you this because I care about who you are in Christ. You know, in these situations, I see you getting really frustrated and angry. What can we do to help you through that? How does that change things? But mentoring happens best when we do have that healthy relationship, when we're working alongside each other. Nobody wants to just be told, what, you know, nobody wants to be told what they're doing is wrong. You know, don't tell me what to do. Nobody likes being told what to do in general. But then challenge something. But yet, as Pastor Lamb said, you know, if iron's supposed to be sharpening iron, then we are supposed to challenge one another in love and in truth. But we can't do that unless we have healthy relationships. Yeah, and then, you know, think about it from this aspect. When we're discipling, we just don't want to, we don't want to become, we don't want to see kids, uh, children, students become complacent, do we? We want to see them deepen in their relationship with God. So another purpose would be to see our students deepening their relationship with Christ. You know, so are we, are we providing opportunities, you know, for that, for that to happen, for those relationships to go deeper, to be able to be pursued, to, to have that passionate, you know, that passion to, to run after God with, with everything they have. And so it would be important for us to, to offer discipleship, to be, to provide mentoring, to provide those moments where, where students can develop a deeper relationship with Christ. Because life, life change doesn't happen, okay, unless it's intentional, right? You have to be intentional with it. Right? You have to aim for it. You got it. You got to pursue it. If we just think it's just gonna, well, no, my life's just gonna change because now I'm. I mean, I accepted Christ two days ago. Surely everything will be different tomorrow. <laughs> I want to go to that church. That's the, the yeah, I want to be that church. <laughs> um, but are we are we providing those moments and those atmospheres for that to happen? And also helping helping students or adults, whatever your ministry is, helping people find their identity in Christ. You know, if we're if we're all completely being honest, there are things in us that we feel insecure about that we're still trying to work through ourselves, right? But our security is found in Christ alone. Every good thing that is about us is found in with God coming in and sharpening those unique qualities that He gave us, right? Some of us to be outgoing and bubbly, some of us to be quiet introverts who people feel safe talking to. You fill in the blank with your personality, and yet, you know, each and every one of us can go, oh. I wish I was sweet and quiet and more tender like like this person, right? Well, that person is going, oh, but I wish I could get up in front of the room and have so much fun and let my hair down and not worry about it. And yet in all of that, we know our identity is found in Christ. 
And so you have these students who are trying to figure out who they are in today's generation, even more so than ever. And we're going to get to that in just a few moments in more detail. But why not take that time as a part of our purpose to say, this is who you are in Christ. This is who you you are called to be. You are chosen. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are valued. You know, you name these things out and what that changes things, right? So it's important to keep that purpose at the forefront as well. Another purpose would be to help students figure out their purpose or their calling. What has God called you to do? And, and I would just encourage you with this. Don't, don't tell them what God wants them to be. <laughs> encourage them for them to hear the voice of the Lord so they can find out who God has called them to be. Yeah. So when I, 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 uh, I was not raised in church hearing God's voice. I heard a lot of other voices, but probably not his, right? And um, there was this moment um, where my wife uh, found out that I was supposed to um, become a pastor. She didn't tell me. All right? So about six months later, I was like, honey, I feel like I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing in my career and get into the ministry. And she goes, about time. <laughs> right? I knew six months ago. Where have you been? I'm in like, all yeah. kinds of loving, right. heavy ways. I'm slow. Know. Okay, it's all this. Why? Because it's, it's not about telling you. We need to, they need to hear for themselves. Because if she would have told me, then what, what happens in the bad times? And I'm like, no, I didn't want to go into ministry. You told me I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Instead of, no, this is my calling. And it doesn't matter all the bad times because I know this is exactly where God wants me to be. And so help, help. maybe our purpose is to help them find their calling. Whether it's in vocational, full-time, or okay, in, in the other realm. Because here's the deal. Not everybody's called to be a pastor. Not everybody's called to be a missionary. That's okay. Right? That's okay. There's, there's the business world needs passionate followers of Jesus Christ, right? The business world needs that, right? So it's okay. Hey, I want to be a doctor. Cool. Let's, how, how can I help you chase that dream? Then let's do that. But maybe we're helping find their calling or purpose. Yep. So I'm just going to go ahead and take your part. Oh, no, I got this. <laughs> oh, so there, there, was, there was one little more point. Um, so we just defined a whole bunch of purposes, right? Yeah, I wasn't prepared to talk about no, that. No, I got that. But... This one's on me. You ready? Because this should probably come from me. I would have tried right? to help you out. We just talked about all of that. Nowhere in anything that we just talked about, okay, and none of the things that you share with us, did you hear the word badge, sash, uniform, <laughs> trophies, yeah. right? You didn't hear any of that. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, okay, or wrong or incorrect. But none of those fulfill the purpose. That's not the purpose. Those are tools to help fulfill the purpose. But if we make the tools the purpose, we will get it wrong every time. Yeah. Right? We're going to get it wrong every time. And so it's important to, to hear that. Be- Let me say it this way. You've got to have the right tools. Right? You've got to have the right tools. So I, I love to do this. I love to paint. Okay? And, and people have found out that I love to paint. And so they asked me to come over and help paint their house, okay? And here's the deal. They never asked me to roll. They asked me to do the cuts because I actually enjoy doing it. But when I first started, I was horrible. Do you want to know why? Because I was buying cheap, generic paintbrushes. And then I called. I was like, well, I ain't paying 16 bucks for a paintbrush. Those people are stupid. Like, that's ridiculous. No one does that. And then I bought my first real paintbrush. And I was like... Oh, it's a straight line. This is great. Why? And now I'm just like, and they're like, you don't tape. I'm like, no, got the right paintbrush, the right tools, right? The right tools will help you fulfill the right purpose. Okay. But you got to have the tools that line up with 
the purpose. And don't don't get them wrong. Don't don't flop them. If you flop them, then that's where we're going to run into issues. But when we get the purpose, then sometimes we got to have the correct environment. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about gender-specific ministry. Don't shut me out if you're in the room and you don't have girls' ministry and rangers, okay? Because that's not what we're talking about. When you hear gender-specific ministry, instantly we're like, oh, but I don't have a ranger program, or I don't have, I don't have a girls' ministry program. I don't care. That's not the point. That's why it's girls' ministry, right? It's a blanket. And so I want to talk to you about the importance of that. Um, and I will start by saying those there are ways that you can do that. We're going to actually talk about it, and our teamwork makes the dream work thing in more detail. So if you want to know, you know, in greater length, please come to that. Um, but sometimes that looks like a small group after your lesson. Most curriculum nowadays are breaking kids up into small groups, so then it's just the boys together and the girls together, right? There are easy ways. Again, we can get into that in another conversation, but I want to talk to you about why it's so important. First of all, look at our society. Look at our environment, what these kids are hearing. Um, we have a young lady in our church right now. Um, she was a drop-off kid for about two years. She hasn't been coming for the last six months because at 15 years old, she, with the help of her parents, is going through a sex change. 15, because she she wants to be a boy, right? I can't wrap my, my head around that. I know that I don't have the training to help this young woman through this situation, but I do know that the church is way behind the eight ball. It's stepping up and leading the way in our culture, and that pains my heart something fierce. I had a conversation with Pastor John a week or two ago in a meeting, and I just said, you know, I, t- I take ownership of that. It hurts my heart that the church is so behind at knowing how to help these young men and these young women know who they are. You think, why is that so important? You know, think about the way that we communicate with our boys and our girls. I'm going to use your twins as an example. So I've got these little, these adorable little seven-year-olds, right? They come in, a boy and a girl. Instantly, we see a little boy, and we're like, hey, buddy, high five, right? And you're like, high five, and then you're making him feel like he's cool, and he's tough, and he's awesome, right? Because that's what we do. And we see a little girl, hey, pretty girl, you look so beautiful. I love you. I mean, you're, you're instantly, your voice goes up higher. Your approach is different, right? And yet, what do we do? We combine our kids all the time with one approach, What? Just tell me how that even makes sense, because we wouldn't do that. Even grown men and grown women, when I see youth pastor guys walking down the hallway, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, uh, Becca's husband, Scott, he comes up. He has actually shoved me to the ground, like, for real, though. Like, he comes up, and I'm, like, elbowing him in the gut, right? But when I see Becca, I'm like, Becca, I love you. Thank you for not being like Scott. You know, like, (laughs) that's right. That's right. But our approach with people is different just in general. We also know that boys struggle with things differently than girls struggle with things. Boys bully very differently than girls bully. Boys deal with sexual immorality differently than girls deal with sexual immorality. And that starts from a young age, guys. This isn't talking about once they're, you know, teenagers. We're talking about children in elementary school who are seeing and observing and having feelings and don't know what to do with that. Um, Also, when we have gender-specific ministries, it allows for you to spend more time on those topics, those things where you can, like, okay, let's dig in a little bit deeper. You know, there's something that you may be struggling with that I'm, you know, that I can help you with, but it's not okay in mixed company. You do a marriage seminar, and we've done that. I am much more confident talking to a bunch of women about sex and intimacy than I am in mixed company, right? There are things I'm going to say in a not mixed setting, in a godly manner even, 
that I'm going to say a little bit more directly, a little bit more openly, that maybe comes across a little bit differently. But when their husbands are in the room, I'm like, oh, right? And sometimes men need to hear something different as well. Um, so it's important to allow for stronger emphasis on those issues. And it also removes distractions. So I'm just going to keep it real. Teen Girl Conference, and this isn't a plug for my event, although I think it's great. You should send your girls to it. Um, <laughs> but the Teen Girl Conference looks so much different to me. Why? Because girls come in, and they're not coming in trying to impress the cute boy around them. The way that they have fun in that setting, these are 6th graders through 12th graders. They come in, and they let their hair down. They're dancing. They're playing games. They're, like, getting into it, right? But there's not that, like... Hey, baby, you're cute. Sitting next to me because now I'm too cool for that. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you do need that. I don't want to ever take away from the fact that, yeah, they need to be a mixed company and they do need to know how to relate to one another of the opposite sex, that there are things that you can get specifically when you focus on gender-specific ministry that we shouldn't ever want to just push aside. So shouldn't be shouldn't the church be leading the way in that? Shouldn't we be leading the way in that? Yeah. So shouldn't we be leading the way with, with purpose, right? So how do we, you know, we've talked about purpose program and how do we, how do we lead then with purpose? How do we, how do we get there? And the first thing I think we can do is, is know the why. Yeah. Be clear. <clears throat> know the why, be clear. Um, know that we can't do all things. There are certain things that we can't do. I think one of the best compliments I ever received was from a a co-worker at the district office. And he's like, I love how you lead because you just know what you can and can't do. And in my mind, I was like, I always feel terrible about the way I lead because I know I'm like, give it to Matt. You know, Matt's the techie one. And I just kind of push in. I feel bad. Like, I should be learning this, right? But at the end of the day, there is something about knowing, knowing who I am, who my strengths are, that is refreshing. Did I hear, is there a question in the back? Oh, I thought I heard. Um, so, yeah, there is. it's so important to just know what you do and do that well. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in saying, I don't, I'm not experienced in that. I don't have the answer to that and allowing somebody else. And so if we're going to lead with purpose, we have to know the why. And, and when you know it, over-communicate it, right? Over-communicate it so everybody else can follow along, right? Sometimes you're like, man, why do you keep talking about this? Uh, right? So, so at church, we have, uh, at the church where I lead, we have these words. We, we call them cultural words, key phrases that we use. And so, like on the first Sunday, it's about missions. And, and so we'll say a statement like, no one, no, no one ever became poor by giving. Right? And so if you're at our church, you will hear that usually every first Sunday. Right? So week two, which we're getting ready to go into, we talk about spiritual growth. Right, you either date, you either grow daily or die gradually. You will hear that every second Sunday if you're a part of our church. We're communicating cultural words, right? Why? Because we want to be all on the same page because for a purpose. Now, if you've been at the church for like five years, you're like, oh my gosh, stop, <laughs> stop with right? the cliche, stop with the words, stop with it. But here's the deal: we expect yes every Sunday. They've never heard that. They've never heard these words. And so if, you're, if, if you've been there for a while, be patient because the person next to you has never heard this. And that could be a defining moment in their life where they go, spiritual growth. I need those foundation classes you're talking about. Can I, where do I sign up? And you may have been there for five, six years going, oh, gosh, if I hear one more time about a foundation class. But that person next to you's life is about to change radically for the cause of Christ. Isn't it worth it? 
right? But that's why we need to be clear and then over-communicate it. Another way to lead with purpose, if you're taking notes, number two would be this, is remove the obstacles. Remove the obstacles. If it doesn't fit, don't do it. You, some of you really thought I was going with the OJ cliche, right? <laughs> if it doesn't fit, if the glove, you must acquit. If it doesn't fit, no. But here's the deal. If, if it doesn't work, if the per, if it's what you're doing doesn't fulfill the purpose of why you're supposed to be doing it, then don't do it. Right? So at our, at our church, the, the mission of, of Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth is real simple. It's RLC. Real Relationships, Life Changing Community. Right? That's it. That's why we exist. So real relationship. So when we're putting together something, it's got to fit in one of those three. If it doesn't, we're not doing it. Well, hey, what, uh, Pastor, what if we start this ministry? That's a great idea. The, how does that fulfill our purpose? How does that fulfill our mission? Well, it doesn't. Okay, Houston, we have a problem, right? Because that's, that's what we're here for. That's our purpose. And so if it doesn't fit into that box, then we're like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, we, when we first came to the church, they had um, these very large banners, and they were bedazzled banners. I don't know if any of you have ever seen those kind of banners. Y'all I mean, know some... from like the church in the late 90s. Yeah, so it was, and there was probably 15 of them everywhere. And so I just began asking questions about these banners. Like, hey, you know, someone put a lot of work and effort into these and tell me about them, right? Because they're still in the building. And um, the board said, hey, listen, Pastor, those banners, they've been here for a while. But man, that was one of the, those, that was a tension point in our church. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? Oh, the ladies made this a competition. <laughs> And I was like, oh, so what do you mean competition? Like, it was fun? No. They literally would fight. And so they would spend hours and weeks and months making sure that when they brought their new banner in, it was better than so-and-so's banner. I was like, oh, isn't that special, right? I was like, okay. So so, so this created tension, right, in the, in the church and in the building. And then the custodian came to me. She's like, hey, this is like second week I'm there. Pastor Lance, is there anything we could do with these banners? And I was like, I, I don't know why they're here. Help me. They're full of bugs. They were nasty, like little gnats. I was like, so is that where the gnats are coming from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. You know what I did? I got rid of the banners. And so I had someone come up to me and go, hey, what happened to those banners? I love them. Okay. They're, they were fine. However, what was the purpose of them? I don't know. I heard it created nothing but tension and problems, and the people who made them actually left the church because they didn't get theirs front and center. Yeah, that's true. That happened. Okay. Did you also know they were full of bugs? Is that where the gnats were hiding? Yes. That's why I got rid of them. Oh, that totally makes sense. I would have gotten rid of them too. Okay, moving on. Never had a problem after that. Why? Because because we, we, we removed an obstacle that didn't fulfill the purpose, right? But we knew the why first. Right, so be willing to, to remove some obstacles if you have to. Yeah, be intentional as well as you're leading your ministries. Make sure that you're intentional with what you say, with how you say it, with what you're teaching. You know, I love there's just you know there's a lot of good programs. I'm not even going to plug the one I was going to say because it's not an AG program. Pastor John might listen to this, um, but I love that in their curriculum they say like from this age to this age, we want every kid to know that Jesus loves me and that I'm special. So that means that if I'm being intentional, every single time I am in that classroom, they are going to hear in some way, Jesus loves me and I am special. That's the purpose. It doesn't matter how it comes out. It doesn't matter the uh, the curriculum that we use. It doesn't matter the approach that we use. But they will not leave that classroom that day. They will not leave that service that day without hearing, Jesus loves me. 
and I am special, but we have to be intentional about it, making sure that that is said and done somehow, some way, and being um, just unique in our approach as well. You know, we can hear something over and over and over again that we stop hearing it, but hearing it in different ways. So sometimes it might look like it's being written on the wall. Sometimes it might look like um, what's in the song selection that we choose for that day. Sometimes it's going to look like a memory verse that we choose, but being intentional that those things are fulfilled with each and every time you gather. And then last thing, um, and then we'll get some some good Q&A, is utilize, if if you're going to lead with purpose, is utilize your team. Okay, utilize your team. When I say utilize your team, you have to make sure that you have the right driver, the right co-pilot, and everyone on the bus is in the right seat. All right? That's very important, and here's why. If Sister Susie hates student ministry, and yet she's the primary teacher of one of your classes, and the children in that class would, would have more fun watching paint dry, right? Then, then why? Yeah. Right? Why, why, why would this individual be allowed to continue in that environment? Um, I, I loved, uh, as a, when my children were younger, they would play with Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's one of the, the best Classic. inventions ever made, right, is Mr. Potato Head. And then, of course, because I, I'm a, I, we have three girls, right? And, and someone would always be like, well, don't you want that boy who, who can be rough and you can teach and, you know, and do all those things boys do? And like, you've never met my girls, <laughs> right? And so I remember with Mr. Potato Head, they, they would take and then they'd turn around and they'd be like, look, Dad, and like the lips were on the butt. And they'd be like, mm, you know, and, and the eyes are on top right, the eyes are on top of the head. And it's, it's just crazy looking, right? And we would do that. We'd laugh like, that's so hysterical. It doesn't make sense, but that's so funny that you would put the lips on the butt and the eyes on the head and the arms for the legs, and that's foolish, right? It looks foolish, then why are we continually putting people who are arms in leg positions? Because we look foolish. We just look foolish. We look like Mr. Potato. Like, oh, you don't even like kids. And yet you're like, oh. How is this possible? I hate holding babies. Nursery workers, you're calling. <laughs> right? I believe that is where the Lord has put you. Why? Because that's we're trying to fill needs. We're trying to fill needs instead of trying to fill purpose. Right? Fill your purpose. Don't fill the need. Because you want to make sure it's the right seat, the right bus, the right driver, and the, ro- and the right co-pilot. Purpose should always drive the program. Purpose should always drive the program. Always. So make sure you know why you're doing what you're doing. Because once you have that, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive everything else that you're doing. And then you're going to utilize the tools right, to fulfill that purpose. For instance, um, so... Shameless plug for, for girls' ministry curriculum. Um, on the older end, the teen, teen girl, okay, so 9th through 12th grade, the girls' only curriculum. Um, man, that is such good stuff for discipleship. They are teaching our girls, 9th through 12th grade, some things that, that are mind-blowing. So mind-blowing that I, as a lead pastor, took that curriculum and taught it to our adults. So it was, I did the women in ministry one. Okay. Right? I didn't talk about estrogen. I did, didn't. But it, so I took the women in ministry one, and then I talked. It was uh, creation versus evolution. I taught both of those on a Wednesday night to our adults, and they were like, "That was Pastor Lance. That was really good teaching." I was like, "Thank you." That's Drop what our. That bomb I was like, "That's what our freshmen. That's what our freshmen through twelfth grade girls learn on a Friday night." And they were like, "What? That wasn't written by." No, I just adapted it. You know, for the context in which it was needed, because it's a good tool, right? It was a good tool 
put into the, but for the right purpose of what I needed it for. Because what purpose should always drive the program. All right. So that's a lot about purpose over program. What questions do you have that Angel could answer? <laughs> I'm done. I got nothing else. When you have people that really suck in roles that they shouldn't be in, how do you handle that? So, <laughs> it's actually an easy answer for me. Um, it's not a fluffy answer, though. Then we need to adjust that. Then that's on us. That's okay. We're <laughs> we <laughs> just right. We need to speak the truth in love. Jesus was fully truth and fully love. He didn't just say, oh, that's just light and fluffy, and this makes my, makes me feel good to say it, right? Um, so it's important that we have, either we have that conversation with that person, hey, this is, this is where I see you're strong at. This is where I need you. I, I've noticed that in these settings that you're really good with. Can we put you there? And I'm going to just use a situation that we've had at our church. There's a woman who has one of the best hearts on the planet, but her teaching makes you want to like, you know, like you just want to stab yourself in the eyeball a little bit. And it's not any fault of hers. Like she has such a heart and such a passion. We had a moment about a year ago where we have some special needs kids at our church and she was able to take this little girl and she like pushed her around in her wheelchair and she made her feel like a million bucks. Like they were doing a race in kids church. And so she ran with her, whatever. Guess what? That's her job. You don't need to be teaching. And we didn't have to say you suck as, you know, Kristen lovingly asked. But there was a moment of, this is where we have found you are stronger than anyone else. We need to put you here. And it just really goes back to the right seat on the right bus. You know, she's in the right ministry. She should be in kids' ministry. That's where her heart is. That's where her passion is. But she shouldn't have been leading a class. Um, she wasn't the she wasn't the MC. She wasn't the excitable one that the kids needed in that moment. So I think it's just not saying you can't, but saying you can where you should. So. Anybody else? Any other questions? Purpose? Yeah. Since I grew up in the program, mm -hmm. it's very different than, so I appreciate where we're at now in girls' ministry. Yeah. But it's still such a hard, hard, because I grew up in the program, and it is still kind of not so much badge orientated mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, steps and stuff like that. But you get a new set of girls coming in, who have not been through the program, who are not church, mm -hmm. it is still really hard to integrate both of them in the same class. Yeah, it is. And especially for a teacher. Yes. You know, you get girls that are come in and are like, they do their memory work, they completed their workbooks, you know, they want mm -hmm. to still, you know, <coughs> and then you get girls that come in and are just there yeah. on that Wednesday and just come for the friendship. And the, it's hard as a teacher, how do you kind of... It's hard, it, and it's sometimes their distraction. Yeah. The girls who don't want to achieve. Mm -hmm. What is your suggestion? So I think you have that in probably every area. I would say you'd have that in children's church, right? I mean, you got those kids that, like, I'm here because my mom told me to, or even I'm here and I enjoy being here. But I'm not fully in, you know, like I still want to cut up with my friends and I still want like I haven't realized the importance of what's happening right now um, in that situation. I mean, just speaking specifically to the girls, um, love them where they're at and let that be a safe place. So don't try to push one group and don't try to talk another group down from being 
you know, aspiring to grow more and be at that level. Love them exactly where they're at and let it be okay. Let it be okay. remind my teachers. Yeah. Not about the bad days. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to when I talk to them. Yeah. They're like, oh, this girl, she's just here to come and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, right. no. Right. And praise the Lord, she's here, right? So that's the thing. She she chose to come to this class. So I think just making that, but it is, I think it's a daily reminder for the teacher. That's the easiest thing is, like, just remind yourself daily. But it's got to be, the church needs to be the safest place on earth. So, yeah. What if there's so much of a distraction where it's trying, you're concentrating on them and it's kind of neglecting Somebody sure. else. Where are they? They're not all the way in, but they're more. You want to cut up and want to mm-hmm. be the focus of the class. Sure. So how do you? So for me, the suggestions I would give. Um, hey, I really want to hear what you have to say. Can you write that down? Because we're going to have some time in a few minutes and make time. Even if you weren't going to have time, you now are going to have time. You've told them. What you want to say to this group right now is really important, but not right now. So that's what I would say. Like, hey, that's really important. Or I know you want to tell this joke in just a few moments. You get to get up in front of the class and tell the joke, but right now it's my turn to talk. So give them their moment. Let them have it because they do. They need to know. Most of the time, those kids are the kids who are seeking attention. They need a little bit more attention than the next person. Um, they're not, you know, I would say most aren't trying to be bad. You know, they're not trying to get in trouble or whatever. They're just trying to feel special. So give them their moment to feel, feel special, but it's also teaching them boundaries. This is important, but it's not happening now. The, the adage of what gets, what's, what gets rewarded gets repeated. Yeah. So make sure you're rewarding the right behavior. Yeah. You know, so hopefully it becomes repeated. Yeah, behavior. Yeah. When I was in, when I was youth pastoring, um, we would see those teens, you know, who were like, mm, and they, you know, while you're preaching, they always got something to say and they're talking and they're being silly. I was like, that's awesome, man. That's God created you so special and so unique. I would love for you to do our announcements every Wednesday. Well, no, I don't, I don't want, no, no, no. God has given you a gift. I mean, you I, can talk. I hear it all the time. Like you can talk, right? And so when you're very creative, and so here's what I want to do. I want to use you to do the announcements, and I want you to build a team. So find some of your peers that can help you do the announcements. And then every week, so then we start getting real crazy. Like, hey, we're just off. Hey, we want to see this announcement done like an old Western. Right. And then they, this team would get, and they, they do the announcement like an old Western. Right. And so what we're trying to do is say, okay, you have some gifts and some strengths. But your gifts and strengths are surely a distraction over here. But if I just shut you down mm-hmm. and tell you not to come back, I will waste all that time and all that purpose. Or if I can build you up here, yeah. give you give you a purpose, man, well then, well, that's all. They believe in me. I mean, every kid, whether they're one or whether actually every person in this room, you want someone to believe in you, right? Yeah. You just want somebody to believe in you. You wanted that, that, that sense of belonging. So we can give someone a purpose. Whew. Watch out. Watch out. And And... Oftentimes, the kids that we have the most, sometimes that we have the most issues with, they're the ones that go on to change the world one day. Right? You cause me the most frustration. Actually, right now, she's not here, but I would talk. Uh, so there's a stu- former student of mine that gave me more problems than any other kid I've ever had in student ministry. Without exaggeration. Without exa- she's here because now she's a grown adult, right, serving in ministry still to this day. But and she was that girl. Right. Usually. In girls ministry and in youth. She was that girl you guys would be referencing. Like. <laughs> but we just, 
we stayed with it, loved her where she was at, and um, tried to resource her and build her up as much as we possibly could. Yeah. Anybody else? Did somebody else have a no. hand up? Okay. So um, I love what you guys are saying. It's amazing. And um, uh, I'm old. And I've learned a lot of what you said, but I've learned more today, which is Thank you. such a blessing. Um, you said something just a second ago, resourcing these kids, you know. And we need to resource our teachers, too. Mm. Yeah. And... Um, Sometimes not every curriculum works for every church, right? Sure. right? And it's not to put down any one curriculum. Because right. It's all good stuff. It's God anointed, mm-hmm. and um, it works in different places. But if something isn't working for your church or your kids, then provide a resource or a curriculum that does work. Yes. And... Since we are Pentecostal, I have always stuck with Pentecostal curriculum, the A, the AG curriculum. And I went through the girls' ministry program as a kid. <laughs> and my girls went through it. And as an adult, I began to see it wasn't a healthy thing for the girls of our church because we brought in so many unchurched girls, mm-hmm. right? And so I had to make a hard decision about nine years ago Mm -hmm. to stop the girls' ministry program and do something else. Mm -hmm. And for a season, we used the Young Explorers curriculum. Mm -hmm. It's a kids' church curriculum, but it's very adaptable to a Wednesday night program. Right. My teachers loved it. My girls loved it. And then it was like, you know, I want... It's time for something more. Mm -hmm. So we launched the True Fire curriculum in mm-hmm. January. Yeah. And even the girls are just like, oh, can we do this again? Mm-hmm. And one of my, our fourth graders was praying for the class. And she says, oh, Jesus, thank you for this new curriculum. I just love it so Aww. much. <laughs> and so find and resource your teachers and your volunteers yeah. with stuff that works for your church, for your kids, for your ministries. Now, we still do Royal Rangers, but the younger group has taken the true fire and use it, use it as um, an addition to the Royal Ranger program. Yeah. And these boys are getting so excited about mm-hmm. their relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so... So you are still doing gender-specific ministry. Absolutely. But it doesn't look the way another church might look. Exactly. That's the point. Praise God. Yeah. Because it's unique to that church, and that's what it's right. That's what the purpose is. But if girls' ministry is working for you, then use it. Right. Absolutely. Right. Use it. Yeah. On that note, um, I feel like this might be a good a good time to say this. I we're we're very new to children's ministry right now. We do not grow up in AG. Not familiar with with the curriculums that are in place that exist. And I would love suggestions for things to implement. Our church is small. Um, our children's ministry is like. Uh, usually under 20 kids, mm-hmm. um, and we have a lot of kids that come in that don't come with their parents, that don't have Christian families come mm-hmm. in with a grandparent or a neighbor or something. We have a lot of those. So if anybody has something that they really, really want to suggest to me, I would love that. Stop down by the children's ministry booth downstairs in the main lobby. Yeah. I'll be down there. Okay. I, I would, 
the gender specific is very, very important. Yes. And Grove Ministry curriculum and Orleans curriculum, you don't have to do it by the ball. There you go. You can be very, very touchy. Yes. Yes, 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 I'm just sure you then you just kind of modify it a little bit. Right. Yeah. You don't make right. the kid write a 200 word essay. You just sit down and talk about it That's for 500 right. words and you say they did it. <laughs> so don't make it so legalistic that That's you it. can't do it. Yes. You modify it to fit your kids. Yeah. Jeremiah. Scott said there's a resource table down. There's some great kidmen leaders that are running that table. Stop and talk to them yeah. right in the main hallway. Yeah. To echo what Rick and what you said, and that's not so much for the ranger leaders here, because that's for both of them, but here, we've heard it from girls' ministries here from rangers. We are not badge-oriented, camping-oriented program. We're a mentoring ministry. Amen. So the tools that have been there are just that tools and resources. You don't do badges don't do camping, if you don't do uniforms, that's okay. Mentor mentor the young men for Jesus Christ. That's if right. you have any ranger leaders that push back on that, give them my name. Yeah. <laughs> any of these other leaders here? Laying on a hands in the name of Jacob. That's that's the heart from the top down. That yeah. office is just say, hey, if yes. that's a program works, fine. Yes. But if it doesn't, the purpose is still there. Use it so that it works for you. Well, actually, the title, I'm glad you said that out loud. The title of this session on paper up until about two months ago was, I don't need your badge. And Pastor John was sent me an email, and he's like, "So I think it might be a little too confrontational. Are you okay with?" <laughs> so, and I'm like, "Absolutely!" But it was the point. I, I like for me, I wanted that shock value of like, "Come and find out what I'm about to say," because I still need the purpose of that badge. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Right. Correct. Absolutely. Well, I will say. Oh, go ahead. But on the other hand, um, I just recently took over our girls' ministry because yeah. I've been involved as like a helper for yeah. a few years. But what was answer it in case anybody else can't. Um, A, I'm not saying badges and sashes are wrong. There are churches that do it and do the full out program and it's so successful. Like, yeah, like that is, I'm not saying that's a wrong way, a bad way, a way that doesn't work anymore. But I'm saying if that doesn't work in your church, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. As the girls ministry director, I also teach friends and girls only at our church. I never do the curriculum as is and we honor Okay, so A, we don't do badges inside. They don't know, like they're doing all the steps, but I don't present it in that way. Uh-huh. I look at that curriculum, I take the scriptures out, I get the point of what they're trying to say, and I talk the way Angel talks. Yes. Um, and that's how it works for me. So that's how you can do it. Like, if there's a section, um, all curriculum at some points can be repetitive. You know, there are things that you're like, yeah, we just talked about that, or these girls know. 
I won't even really cover that a whole lot. Let's talk about what we're really struggling with, what's really going on. So take that liberty, please, by all means. Read the read the curriculum, read whatever you're doing, and, and share it the way you would share it. Um, and so what if they don't memorize it? They was at least exposed to it. Yeah. And they would come back to it. Yeah. 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 Oh. I know we're over. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're you like need to go. Please feel free. Five to minutes. So I'll end with this this statement. I said, what would happen, okay, if the national office, so in Springfield, Missouri, GPH, closed? No one produced any more curriculum for, for kids' ministry, for girls, for rangers, for adults. No, there was no more. What would you do then? Right? So we would disciple. We would disciple. We would mentor. We would build relationships. We would want to see salvations. We want to see kids filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to see them deep, walk deeper in their relationship with Christ. Why? Because we know that there are God-given purposes. Right? And so here's the deal. That that was the goal: program or purpose. Go with purpose. Use the programs to help fulfill your purpose. All right. Go change the world. Thanks for coming.